Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. Do you want to thank R&B Car Company? Locations in South Bend and Warsaw, R&B Car Company are your used car experts. You can find them online at rbcarcompany.com. <sighs> is it Friday yet, man? Is it really? It, it, honest, you're not lying to me, right? Is it really Friday? Oh, my word. It feels like I've been hit by a Mack truck today. I just, I, I cannot get in the groove today at all. Um, the whole world is chaos. I, I don't know what else to tell you. I, I, do you want a couple of Ukraine updates? All right, let's do a couple of Ukraine updates. Um, Russia has accused, this is hysterical, Russia has accused Ukraine of launching an attack inside Russia on an oil depot, and Russia's, like, really mad about it. <laughs> Like, really mad. Like, really mad. Like, we have to tell the international community, like, they hit an oil thingy. Is I don't know, I think it's a refinery. Which, I, I don't know if that's Russia's way of going, see, they're, they're messing with your gas prices and everything else, right? So, what, is, what does the U.S. say? The U.S. says, oh, it's probably a false flag operation and the Russians blew up their own oil refinery. Okay. Does that make sense? You, you think that makes sense? Okay, does it make more sense that Russia would destroy its only thing that is making them money? Or do you think it makes more sense that the guy running around telling everybody that Putin's the responsibility is responsible for high gas prices maybe have uh, launched that strike himself? They have not fixed OnlyFans yet. No. <laughs> he says it's probably the latter. Look, I, I'm not, I am not saying this, okay? I'm just letting... From my perspective, it is more likely that Joe Biden droned this thing than the Russians did it. Okay, <laughs> but but see, this is what this is what the American media ran with. This is a false flag operation, which the American media has been using the false flag mantra on Russia from the very beginning. So some journalists actually did their job. Okay, and what they did is remember Russia is accusing the Ukraine. Okay. Russia's accusing Ukraine of hitting this oil refinery. So a couple of journalists did their job and said, we're not going to listen to the American media. We're going to go ask the Ukrainians if they actually bombed this thing. <laughs> you know what their response was? Uh, we can't confirm or deny if we did it. That means they did it. <laughs> right? <laughs> but, okay, here's the thing. This is, this is so stupid, right? If Ukraine hit Russia... There isn't anybody in the world who will actually care. Nobody is going to, you can't be, you can't invade another country and then get butt hurt when they strike back at you, right? You can't, but Russia is, they're raising a big giant stink about this. And I think it's because it's an oil refinery and they're trying to do the whole uh, price war thing and all of that stuff. Uh, but to me, I just thought it was a really funny reaction that the American uh, media, well, the American government Okay, the Biden administration told the American media, yeah, we think this could be a false flag operation. You realize how many times they've accused Russia of potential false flag operations in that uh, country since the start of this war? War's been going on, what, a month and a half? I think they've accused them of a false flag every single week. Like every single week, it's been a false flag this, a false flag that, and then the moment Russia accuses Ukraine of a false flag, everybody's like, nobody would do that. You're crazy. It's just one of the most bizarre things in the world. Uh, Zelensky has uh, demoted until he executes two of his generals. 
Why? Called them traitors on national news. So Ukrainian President Vladimir, Vladimir, excuse me, he's not Vladimir, he's Vladimir. It's got to be different. Vladimir Zelensky demoted two of his generals, called them traitors, and has like removed rank from them. And that's until they get to the point where they can execute. By the way, they still execute people in Ukraine who um, are derelict in their duties. A lot of the Western volunteers who've gone to Ukraine have been forced to conduct operations at the barrel of a gun. Okay? But hey, nobody's going to tell you that. Nobody's, nope, I will. Nobody else will. Uh, what else do we have here? They got the, the oil refinery thing. We got that. Um, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Uh, the check-ins are upset that concessions have been offered. Uh, U.S. media is upset that Russia continues to to. Oh, oh, there is there is one other thing. Uh, Russia continues to bomb targets in Ukraine as if the conflict is over or some nonsense. Um, the Russian government has turned over Chernobyl back to the Ukrainian government voluntarily. They just said, "Here you go." There is a report. I can't confirm this, but there's a report that some some uh, Russian soldiers foolishly. When when you have radioactive fallout, it goes into the dirt and it starts getting buried under the dirt, starts going down. That's kind of how it, it stops being radioactive. And when you dig trenches in the radioactive dirt, you release the radiation again. And I guess nobody told the Russian soldiers this when they were in the area of Chernobyl. And they dug trenches and stuff like that. And um, allegedly... They are now having to be treated for various forms of radiation poisoning and sickness. So that's in the Chernobyl area. But the Russian government is returning Chernobyl to Ukraine. So that is, there you go. You've been officially caught up on the nonsensical conflict that we are dealing with right now. All right. <sighs> so many things. This, I, I, don't, I don't really, folks, this entire, everything is messed up. The whole world is messed up. Hunter Biden. Okay, Hunter Biden's in big trouble. Where's my... Hold on a second. I'm just actually going to close this tab. I didn't mean to. Uh, could you cue my audio for me, please? So I'm going to play you something. Here's how you know Hunter Biden is in trouble, okay? Now, most of you know that a few months ago, I said they're going to start going after Biden through Hunter now. Like, the move to discredit Biden, to, to plant the seeds of getting Biden out of there are going to be through Hunter. And I've said this for a long time, but I said they're actually starting to make that move right now. Okay, so that was a couple of months ago. And as the laptop continues to get more and more exposed, everybody now acknowledges that the laptop is real. Everybody now acknowledges what's on the laptop is really problematic for the entire Biden family, not just Hunter Biden. Um, In particular, Joe Biden's brother and Hunter Biden. But here's how you know definitively that this is really, really bad. For Hunter Biden, this is a White House press corps question. Okay, this is going to the White House comms director. Okay, I want you to listen to what this reporter asked, and this is not Peter Ducey. I want you to listen to this. This is this says everything. Oh, you got a little bit of an ad here. There we go. All right, here we go. You're aware if there have been any discussions here inside this White House about whether the president might use his pardon or commutation power with respect to either his son or his brother. That's not a hypothetical I'm going to entertain. I don't have anything to add from this podium. Justin? Thanks, Kate. Um, uh, you just had a member of the White House press corps ask the White House communications director if Joe Biden was going to pardon his brother and his son. 
you understand the magnitude of that, right? The fact that the White House press corps, and it's not Peter Ducey, but the White House press corps is asking if Biden is going to pardon his family. You know, you know this is bad. So then we got to get into the Washington Post and what the Washington Post admitted today directly contradicts a statement the White House gave earlier today. We'll talk about that coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. All right, the live stream on the website was working. The live stream on Rumble was not, but it is fixed. You can go to rumble.com slash Casey the host. You can watch the uh, live stream there if you prefer. Some people prefer the website. Actually, most of you do. Um, Others prefer rumble.com. So it's entirely up to you what you want to do. Now, the Washington Post. Washington Post is one of the places that said that the Hunter Biden laptop story was fake. Uh, Update real quick. Representative Matt Gates sent over the actual Hunter Biden laptop hard drive officially yesterday. So it is officially a part, the contents of the hard drive are officially part of the uh, the congressional record now. Nadler was basically forced to accept it. Brilliant move on Representative Gates's part. It got to hand it to him. So the Washington Post is now saying that Hunter Biden profited $4.8 million in retainer and consulting fees from a Chinese energy company through 2017 and 2018. Now, this is the Washington Post admitting this this week, okay? Now, why is that important? Well, the reason that that is important is because the White House, where Hunter Biden's daddy is, just said that they stand by the claim that Hunter Biden made zero profit off of his China business deals. Okay, so which is it? The Washington Post says he made $4.8 million, and the White House says he didn't make any money. Now, we already have bank receipts about him getting at least $100,000 from uh, this yay guy, yee, yay, whatever, not Kanye, this Asian dude. Uh, and he he gave him you know over $100,000, and allegedly this was a big spending spree that the Biden family did all over the world. Uh, but that was money that went directly to Hunter Biden. That wasn't something that went to one of his companies or anything like that. That was money that was basically just given directly to him, and he spent it. And a lot of people have been wondering, why would somebody just give you $100,000? I've been asking you rich people in the audience to give me $100,000 for like 16 years. Not a single one of them have done it, Josh. Not one. Not one. Not one has just handed me $100,000. So why is this guy handing Hunter Biden $100,000? stuff why why is that there's a lot of questions here right but this is an important thing because the washington post is commenting on this cnn earlier this week said hey the allegations here look very serious these are all people who said that this was a russian disinformation operation it was all conspiracy theory it wasn't real they're all now admitting that this is very very serious this has a lot of folks asking why is it that the news media who devoted so much time energy and effort into trying to tell you that this story wasn't real and actively hiding it from you before the election and then for quite some time after the election, why are they now pushing this story so hard? Why is it that the news media is pushing this so hard right now? 
Why did the New York Times, two years almost after it was authenticated, come out and say that the laptop was authenticated? It was authenticated in October of 2020. So why is the New York Times doing a story about it this month? Well, last month. It, it, that's a great question, don't you think? Nothing changed. No real new evidence. What's the, what's the big deal? After ignoring the story for 532 days after it broke in 2020, the Washington Post finally acknowledged Joe Biden's son performed business transactions with CEFC China Energy for millions of dollars. Hunter's windfall follows years of rubbing shoulders with powerful international companies and individuals while Joe Biden was chair of the Foreign Relations Committee and vice president. In the process of reporting Hunter's corrupt business dealings, the paper also confirmed Hunter's previously reported, quote, fake laptop was indeed Hunter's laptop from hell. Hmm. The same laptop that establishment media falsely reported as Russian disinformation over and over again. For the record, just so everybody's crystal clear on this, nobody ever presented any actual evidence that it was Russian disinformation. There's no connection to the Russian government. There's no connection to a Russian individual. There's no connection to anything having to do with Russia. It was simply a bunch of left-wing former intelligence officials came out and go, yeah, yeah, this is totally uh, Russian disinformation. The first thing that I asked when I cracked the microphone that day is, how would any of them know they don't have clearance to get the facts on this? How would any of them know? None of them are current intelligence officials. None of them would have any knowledge whatsoever on this because it was already cla- it was still classified at the time. So none of them would have any information on it. So how could they definitively come out and say that this was Russian disinformation? And then the media, again, not doing their job, just ran with it. In fact, 15 establishment media personalities claimed Hunter's laptop emails were likely Russian propaganda, per- perhaps most famously, CBS News reporter Leslie Stahl falsely told President Trump in 2020 that Hunter's laptop from hell could not be verified. And, of course, Trump looked right at Leslie Stahl and said it has been verified. He was right. Leslie Stahl was wrong. So here's what the Washington Post wrote. But the new documents, which include a signed copy of a $1 million legal retainer, these aren't new. They're not new. Washington Post... New York Times are all pretending that this is new. None of this is new. Which includes a signed copy of a $1 million legal retainer emails related to the wire transfers and $3.8 million in consulting fees that are confirmed in new bank records and agreements signed by Hunter Biden. They illustrate the ways in which his family profited from relationships built over Joe Biden's decades in public service. Those bank records came from Republicans in Congress, who had access to them, who have presented them to people for all of these years, and everybody said that those Republicans were lying. Now, all of a sudden, those exact same bank records are now new, and the Washington Post is saying that they proved that Hunter Biden was, in fact, taking money? Weird, right? Over the course of 14 months, the Chinese energy conglomerate and its executives paid $4.8 million to entities controlled by Hunter Biden and his uncle, according to government records. Court documents and newly disclosed bank statements, as well as emails contained on a copy of a laptop hard drive that purportedly once belonged to Hunter Biden. Of course, it's confirmed to have belonged to Hunter Biden. It's been confirmed since October 2020. The Post did not find evidence that Joe Biden personally benefited from or knew details about the transactions with CEFC, which took place after he had left uh, the vice presidency, yada, yada, yada. Okay. Now, what's interesting is that there's a lot of evidence that Joe Biden personally benefited from this including the actual statements of Hunter Biden's business partner, 
who's now been convicted of fraud. So pretty interesting stuff. White House goes out there. White House claimed Thursday that Hunter Biden, the president's son, did not make any money off business deals in China. And they did this after they were presented with bank records, which showed that he made millions of dollars off of business deals in China. And Joe Biden's been running around throughout the entire election and since the election because this stuff was being brought up by Trump and others. And he goes, my son never made any money in China. Well, he's made millions of dollars in China. We've got the bank statements proving he made millions of dollars in China. And so some reporters went to the White House and said, we've got receipts here. He made millions of dollars in China. And the White House says, we stand by our assertion that Hunter Biden has not made any money in China. This is like when your kid gets into the cookie jar and has got like schmutz all over their face. And you ask them if they got into the cookie jar and they go, no. Meanwhile, they could still have a half-eaten cookie in their hand. No, I, I, didn't, I didn't get in the cookie jar. That's what they're doing. It's the exact same thing. But as I said a couple of months ago, it's like they're starting to go for Hunter Biden because they're going to use him to get to Joe. As I said that, you got to start asking yourself, why is the media pushing so hard on all of these old things? And why are they pretending they're brand new and pushing so hard for it now? What is the reason for that? You have to ask yourself those questions. Go to rumble.com slash Casey, the host. If you want to watch the live stream, you can also watch on my website at theburningtruth.us. Open lines in half an hour at 4 o'clock Eastern time. MNC News time is 3.31. Time to check out Impress Jewelry Creations, creating meaningful jewelry for the moments that will last a lifetime. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. Don't forget the open lines start opening up at 4 o'clock. So 4 o'clock Eastern time in less than half an hour, we'll start taking your phone calls about any topic that you want. All right, the other news of the day, you okay? The other news of the day is a fake news story. I'm here looking at the, dude, I can't get my monitors right. Like, what is wrong with me today? Okay, the media had another, okay, another Watergate, Trump is dead, Trump is toast moment. So they went out there, they told everybody, we have definitive proof that Donald Trump committed a crime. We've heard this story how many times before? They've all been false. The media has always lied about every single one of those. Uh, They went out there and they said there's a seven-hour gap. A seven-hour gap in the White House switchboard logs on January 6th, which means Trump coordinated the January 6th insurrection. Heck, Donald Trump was probably inside the White House, or in the Capitol building, with a ski mask and an AK-47 on. Of course, nobody was in there with a ski mask or an AK-47, but if you were to tell a liberal that, they would believe it. So they went nuts over this. They just went absolutely bonkers. They're saying, oh, man, this is proof, seven-hour gap. White House switchboard, Donald Trump, right there on January 6th. This is this is when he was coordinating the attack on the Capitol, right? Well, it was bogus. I know. It's shocker. It's They always are. Every single one of these stories has been fake. Every single one. It actually had to get through the impeachment process twice before we found out that they were fake, but they're fake. Documents turned over to the United States Select Committee on January 6th, the attack and then leaked to the media 
suggested that there was a gap that could have been caused by President Donald Trump or his aides suppressing information. They've lied about a lot on January 6th, particularly about President Trump. A seven-hour gap in Trump's calls evokes a missing spot on Nixon's tapes. That's according to the Washington Post. And the guy who was responsible for that story, Bob Woodward, is the guy who basically led the charge on this. Woodward's like, I got another Woodward moment. Woodward was actually thinking he had another one of his his moments because he's, he's a fart sniffer. That's who he is. So it uh, turns out it was all nonsense. They, they did a full analysis of it. They found out that absolutely nothing is missing. The logs are accurate. Everything is hunky-dory, and the story is a giant unicorn fart. That's all it is. So here's Glenn Greenwald. Uh, Glenn Greenwald absolutely just took the media to a watershed. Uh, he went on Twitter, and he goes, The new Watergate. There's a seven-hour gap in Trump's White House phone records on January 6th. It trended for days, was declared by liberal outlets from CNN to Slate to be the worst crime yet. It was broken. The story was broken by CBS and the Washington Post. Of course, it was a hoax. Bob Woodward spent eight minutes hyping it on CNN. Slate called it the, quote, quote, clearest evidence yet of Trump's criminal intent. So Slate Magazine said, of course, everything Slate says is you just automatically assume it's a lie. Okay, just do yourself a favor. Every blue checkmark liberal journalist account that you'd expect hyped it for days, was on the cover of the Post, on top of Twitter for days, with millions believing it. All the same Twitter-verified disinformation accounts that always push the DNC media's fabrications did it here. It's impossible to gather them all in one sitting. And then he gave a few examples, and I have actually posted this on Facebook. Uh, So... There's, what, three, six, nine, like 15 or 16 of these accounts. Yeah, the same people. You got John Cooper, Susan Glazer, Huffington Post, uh, Molly Jong-Fast, MSNBC, David Weissman. Uh, you got uh, Manu Raji, Aaron Ruper, who's a, about the biggest oxygen thief you can possibly think of, Citizens for Ethics, USA Singers, uh, Brooklyn Dad Defined. These are all blue checkmark uh, verified people who have major influence. Dan Rather. Okay, Occupy Democrats, which even Democrats don't listen to. You know, it's all of them pushed this story as if it were legitimate and real. And it was, of course, not. Glenn Greenwald then says, how many times does this have to happen? Liberal corporate outlets push viral stories that are complete fabrications, always in favor of Dems before people see that the real disinformation agents, the worst ones, are those in U.S. corporate media. And the answer is, Glenn, it has to happen a lot more. I will give you a prime example, and I mentioned this earlier in the week on my show. When I first got on TikTok, there was a, a base, there's this thing you can do, it's called stitching. So somebody will do a video, they'll ask you a question, and then you stitch your answer to the back of that, right? So when somebody says, hey, um, who was somebody who was mocked but ended up being right? And I so I said, Trump, and I played the clip of Trump saying that he was wiretapped and he was surveilled, he was spied on, right? And there was people underneath going, what are you talking about? This was never, this is never proven. What is This story has been confirmed for years, years, doc, actual government documents. But remember what we said, was it two months ago, Josh, we we're talking about MSNBC was still pretending that that story never happened, right? MSNBC is still pretending that that story never happened, that he never was wiretapped, that no evidence ever came out that he was, he was surveilled. Were spied on. MSNBC is still to this day pushing that narrative. 
So if your news agency of choice is, I use that word very loosely, if your news agency of choice is MSNBC, you still believe that Donald Trump was not spied on. You still think he made that up. Why do you think Joe Biden just last weekend went to Europe and repeated the debunked lie that Donald Trump called white supremacists very fine people? It never happened, but he's still saying it because people will still believe it. So as much as it makes us pull our hair out, like Glenn Greenwald is pointing out here, the reason that they keep doing it, Glenn, is because people keep falling for it. And then when people do discover they were lied to, they do not hold those people in the media or those politicians accountable in any way, shape or form. They just forgive them. Adam Schiff, I think, is the best example of this that you could possibly find in our society. Adam Schiff told everybody he had physical, undeniable proof that Donald Trump broke the law and colluded and worked with the Russian government to steal an election. He repeatedly said he had hard, physical, irrefutable evidence of that. Repeatedly. He was waiting for the moment it could become declassified so he could share it with everybody. And they kept bringing him back on MSNBC and bringing him back on MSNBC. And everybody out there with the blue check mark next to their name on Twitter was repeating the story, regurgitating it left and right. And months and months and months, and people just kept going, all right, well, where is it? And he would say, trust me, there's this is right there. And we ended up finding out he never had anything because it never existed. He lied to everybody the entire time. He lied to everyone the entire time. Did any of them hold him accountable? I would have been furious if I had a guest on my show lie to me that way and lie to my audience. None of them cared. They just kept bringing him back on to talk about other stuff, which you have to assume he's lying about. If people don't hold others accountable for deceiving them, why should people stop deceiving them? Doesn't make any sense, right? Look at the cult of mask, the Branch Covidians out there. They've been lied to the entire pandemic. People like me have been exposing those lies the entire pandemic. They still think they're in the right. To this day, they still think putting a piece of cloth on their face somehow, someway helps people. Go figure. They just refuse to accept that they had been so easily deceived. I think this really does come down to hubris and ego. I honestly do. People will not allow themselves to admit that they were wrong or that they were manipulated, or that they were deceived. Got more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. we got open lines coming up here in just a couple of minutes at 4 o'clock. You can call about anything that you want. Uh, the phone number, if you're interested, 574-2595-953. That is 2595-953. Cue my audio for me, please. So this is Rebel Wilson. And Rebel Wilson is doing the British Academy uh, Film Awards. And I, I just, she had a joke about Will Smith. Did you hear this one? This is, this is, this is solid. Okay, I just want you to listen to this. Okay, this is, this is so good. 
Will Smith winning for King Richard. But personally, I thought his best performance in the past year has been being okay with all of his wife's boyfriends. <laughs> what? He, come on, he didn't show up. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I don't care who you are. That was good. All right. You set up a joke that you know is going to make some people laugh and make a lot of people groan just so you can hit him with the next one right in the face like Will Smith did. Ah, it's good stuff. Good stuff. Chris Rock, by the way, um, he did not address it at his first show. And people asked him to address it, and he did. He goes, I will talk about it, but when I do, it's going to be serious and it's going to be funny. This whole show was written before it happened. So the one thing that he did say, he came out and he opened to his audience and he goes, so how was your weekend? That was, which was pretty funny. So, <laughs> oh man, watching um, comedians are really angry. I told you, to, didn't I tell you to look out for the comedians? Cause this is the thing, man. Like, you know, I took it from an angle that, you know, this is how traditionally men have just kind of behaved forever. Uh, Will Smith was wrong to do it in the sense that that was not the appropriate form. He shouldn't have taken uh, offense to it that way. And he only did because his wife is toxic and manipulative and, and he's an abused, abused husband. But in, in, in any form outside of a stage or a show or something like that, that's absolutely punchable offense. So I explained it from like that perspective, right? Um, and I said, but, but look at these comedians are going to talk about this because this is, you know, their job is to roast people and you roast people in the audience all the time. And a lot of those people have disabilities. And I mentioned on the show that a lot of people with disabilities who go out to those, those comedy shows are really appreciative that they get, they get seen and they get addressed and they get brought into the show. Um, you can go on to, if you don't believe me, if you're not a, a fan of comedy, but if you go on to YouTube or rumble or what have you, and you can see tons of just look for audience work, like crowd work. And you will see tons of comedians who do crowd work with people with disabilities. And just, they, they love it. They absolutely love it. Now, occasionally, you're going to find people who just don't want to be a part of it. And, you know, that does happen. And, of course, you're going to have hecklers and, and all of that stuff. But um, so Chris Rock was just trying to do normal crowd work stuff. You know, that's it. He, he wasn't trying to hurt her feelings or Will Smith's feelings or anything like that. I, I explained that the other day when we did our analysis of it. Um, but this is, you know, it's those comedians, they're furious uh, they are absolutely furious. This is how they make their living. And, you know, from their perspective, you've now just justified walking up on stage and, and assaulting a comedian if they say something that you don't like, which is something that is not supposed to be acceptable. I have found it to be absolutely hysterical watching all of the celebrities out there who um, are in favor of so-called punch a Nazi and in favor of violent Antifa riots and violent BLM riots. I, I found it very funny to watch some of them say, this is the worst thing ever. Oh, my God. Amy Schumer, a rich, pasty white girl pretending that she's the most traumatized person in the room for a black-on-black -black assault is probably the most white privilege thing in the history of white privilege. But it, it's, been, it's been, for me, it's been very funny watching all of this. So Rebel Wilson coming out there and, and just hitting that one-two punch with the setup there, just absolutely fantastic joke. Good for her. All right. Uh, and I know some of you are like, wait, the British British have film awards? I know. I didn't know either. But they do, and Rebel Wilson hit a home run. So what are you going to do? All right, we got open lines coming up here in just a couple of minutes. So once again, the Glass Doctor of Elkhart and St. Joseph County phone line, 574-2595-953. That is 
You can call now. Call about any topic you want. Don't care what it is. First caller up is the first caller that we will bring on. 574-2595-953. You can also go watch the live stream on rumble.com slash Casey the host. Rumble.com slash Casey the host. Sign up for the newsletter. You're going to want to sign up for the newsletter because some big changes are happening probably within two weeks, and you have to be on that newsletter to get the data. All right, more coming up next. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. Happy Open Line Friday. So here's the deal. Every Friday, you call, and I just take calls in the order that we get them. So go ahead and give us a call. Glass Doctor of Elkhart and St. Joseph County phone line is 574-25-95-95-3. That is 2595-953. And to the phone lines we go. Bree, welcome to the program. Hello, Bree. Hi. Hi. How are you? Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. You got to talk. We're on the radio. All right. So I would really like to say something about Trump. Okay. Please don't get me fired. All right. Go ahead. Trump didn't do anything anything wrong mm-hmm. people are out there lying yeah that's true um who's who's sitting right next to you nobody nobody's sitting <laughs> next to me grandma's down here though okay oh, oh okay all right um tell grandma to stop using my daughter for propaganda <laughs> <laughs> You're right, though. <laughs> Trump hasn't done anything. They're all lying about him. Uh, did you have a good day at school? Yeah. That's good. All right. I'll see you tonight, okay? Okay. All right. Love you. Bye. Bye. <laughs> That's my daughter. All right. <clears throat> 574-25-95-953. That is 2595-953. Lee, welcome to the program. Good afternoon. Well, happy April Fool's Day. Yeah, you too, man. What's up? Hey, hey, this is a news flash. Mm-hmm. This afternoon, the judge in the Whitmer kidnapping case has given instructions to the jury. The judge has said, the jury can consider entrapment. Ooh. Yeah. Well, that's good. Yes. And what's interesting, uh, the defense really did not bring up entrapment as a defense. You know, they, they brought up uh, several things about entrapment, mm. but they did not bring up the you know, exact statement. So this is really unusual for the judge to say that the Whitmer uh, kidnappers uh, can plead entrapment. I don't know how you could 
not come to that conclusion given the evidence that we have now. You know, it, I kind of explained last week how these usually work. Usually somebody is trying to commit the act, and that's when the authorities find out about it, and then they interject. They don't usually create the plot and then find people to participate in the plot, which that they created. So it's it, it's, it seems like a clear-cut case of entrapment, but we'll see. And to go along with it, we've got a new FBI uh, person in charge of the Grand Rapids FBI office. Okay. And, and uh, they've come out with a statement, we need you to report more hate crimes. Mm. And this, they're saying this is across the entire United States that the FBI is in a campaign, the first of its kind, to gin up public awareness regarding the reporting of hate crimes and okay. how to report them to the FBI. Interesting. Well, yes. I think the first one in line should be that runner in the high school track meet, the 1600 meter. They got sucker punched from behind by the other athlete who wasn't even running in the race. Well, they, I was thinking... I was thinking that we should report each other, and then we could inform on each other, and the FBI could uh, pay for our uh, Jack Daniels and our uh, maybe <laughs> you know and something else, and, and we could have this uh, go together. And now I think I'm going to report you for uh, being a supporter of the Proud Boys, mm-hmm. and you can get me for 40 years ago. I went to a school board meeting to ask that they hire another teacher for my daughter's class. Oh, man. That's really bad, both of us. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, pretty pretty bad. It, it, look, I mean, maybe they can give us $60,000 to sell our house, too, so we, we can sell it really quick at a loss but still make the money. That'd be nice. Oh, I guess, he, I guess we lost connection with him. Oh, well, sorry about that. All right. 574-2595-953. That is 2595-953. For those of you who don't know what he's referring to, in the plot that the FBI hatched against Governor Whitmer, uh, they routinely paid to get all of the guys that they're trying to charge with the crime now. They all got them sauced. They got them drunk and high and everything else before they engaged in those conversations. That way they could steer those conversations uh, to something that would be much more easily convictable. So that's kind of what they did. So very interesting to hear that about the judge today. William, welcome to the program. Hey, Casey, thanks for taking my call. I thought immediately the same thing when the last caller said about the hate crimes. I thought immediately uh, about that, the, the high school kid running, I believe, was a 1,500-meter race. Yeah. And, and I thought the same thing. We're hearing about this a week and some days later, and if the roles were reversed, we would have had – Every black leader down there mm-hmm. uh, protesting what was going on. So, oh yeah, they would have uh, talked about privilege and everything else. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So I guess he lost his white privilege, right? I mean, I guess it was smacked right out of him. So, yeah, yeah, I guess so. Um, so the, the the other thing is that if if he's correct about um, the entrapment, and the judge is saying you can consider that, um, I I think that well then. With uh, the supposedly riots, which were um, again a protest mm-hmm. uh, on the Capitol, and we had how many federal again federal agents of the federal government yep. enticing all these things, mm-hmm. um, and all that goes truly unaccounted 
for to the general public. And if it is talked about, it's written off as being, um, again, a lie and, and misleading and, and having no truth to it. Right. So it, it's just amazing. And then when it does come out, uh, it's astounding the fact that nobody ever gets prosecuted for this stuff. Well, and that's, yeah, every time somebody at the FBI commits a crime or somebody inside of, you know, a Democrat administration commits a crime in the executive, they never actually face any real charges. They rarely ever lose their job. They usually get shuffled around to a different department. Um, and that's that's the thing that, you know, is so frustrating about all of this, because there are obviously lots of crimes that get committed in all sorts of administrations. They should be prosecuted. So we fabricate crimes in the Trump administration. We ignored them in the Obama and the Biden administration. Which, I mean, when I talk about the Biden thing and, and his son, and I, I mean, I, I don't understand. It really scares me that there are that many people that are that ignorant in this country mm. uh, that they don't want to listen to the truth or that they're just unknowing about what's really taking place. It's scary. Well, and ultimately, this comes down to that tribalism. You know, if if uh, my tribe does something, it's OK because my tribe is still trying to be good. But if their tribe does the exact same thing, it's bad because they're evil inherently. So, Absolutely. you know, Hillary Clinton, again, I always have to remind everybody of this because everybody forgets. But Hillary Clinton was taking a lot of heat because she was caught colluding with the Ukrainian government. That's when the story flipped to Russia collusion. Because she got caught getting help from the Ukrainian government. And, you know, that now the news media is pretending that that hasn't happened, except there's there's a very big problem with that, in that several people have been convicted of it in Ukraine and sentenced to prison. Because Ukraine has a, a, a law where they can't interfere in foreign elections. And they did interfere in a foreign election by helping Hillary Clinton. And there's even a government official admitting that they helped the, the Trump administration, too. They help both of them. So, if I recall, I think Hillary said no. She was in the bathroom cleaning the server. I think is what she said. <laughs> so it's funny. Yeah. No, I, it, 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 the whole thing it just continues to go on and on. It's never ending, regardless of whatever's brought yeah. to the forefront. Uh, and something else, anything they can do to to take and change direction on what's at hand right now and create some type of of uh, um, the confusion that people start looking at is something else, just like the gas situation, just like the the green energy, everything right now, but it's all Russia's fault. So Right. It, even though it predates the whole situation in Ukraine. Exactly. Exactly. All right, man, I got to roll, but I appreciate the call. Thank you much. Thank you. All right, take care. More of your phone calls coming up. Again, open lines, 574-2595-953. That is 2595 953. We'll take those calls next on Newstalk 953, Michiana's news channel. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. A bunch of people, of course, uh, they want Bree to call in with her perspective on politics. 
And I, I we have actually toyed with this idea for a couple of years now, but I go back and forth between not wanting her in the public light and then her. But she's a streamer, so it's like, pff, <laughs> there's so much I can do about it now anyway. Um, but we've thought about doing like a kid's perspective on the news without steering, without giving her any backstory, just give her like a story, just getting her like genuine reaction to it and kind of see how that goes. We've thought about it before. She's down for it. She wants to do it. But a bunch of people on the live stream are saying to go for it. Anyway, we got open lines, so you can call by anything that you want, okay, from now until the end of the show. The Glass Doctor of Elkhart and St. Joseph phone line is 574-2595-953. That is 2595-953. And uh, what else do we have here? Julia, welcome to the program. Hey, Casey. Hi there. I have a theory. Hi. I, want, I have a theory, and I want you to try to prove me wrong. Okay. Uh, with with politicians that are so dishonest on all sides, mm-hmm. what would happen if they created a tragedy to affect the midterm elections and say, there's so much danger around, we can't let anybody out to vote, so martial law, they kick it in, and then it's over no elections well uh what would happen or are you asking me if i think that will happen could it happen could it happen um i suppose theoretically it could be attempted sure they said that trump was going to do that remember that was the that that was the theory that trump was going to do that um the the law doesn't really allow for a delay of elections but they could try to do it. The problem is, is that they'll get shot. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I don't really know how else to phrase it. I mean, Americans have an enormous amount of patience. But how do you think the country would respond if we said we're not going to do any elections, martial law? I mean, honestly. Well, I would hope for that kind of reaction. But look right. how lawless they already are. I, I understand that, but, you know, I, I think that most people naively, okay, and I will say naively, most people still are like, okay, they're being jerks, but I'm not in any danger right now, and everything is fine, you know, that sort of stuff. Um, there's, give you a perfect example, okay? Dana Perino's got a book out now, right? Dana Perino's got a book, right. everything's going to be all right or whatever. Okay, that's something that we always said after a peaceful change because people used to get really hyperbolic about it, right? You know, this person wants that the country's mm-hmm. going to be dead in a couple of years, that sort of thing. But what's happened is we've slowly started this descent, and things are not going to be all right the way that they're going now. There has to be a dramatic shift in the way that we do things in this country for things to be okay. And that's not happening at this point in time. It really isn't. So... Um, I don't think it's going to be all right. I really don't. I don't know exactly what not being all right looks like. And I certainly hope that it doesn't explode into this horrendous, awful civil war. But at the same time, that would be preferable to going into a 1984 dystopia. So, you know, I I don't know. Yeah, theoretically, could it, you know, could they attempt it? Sure. It's not legal. It's not justifiable. And they'll get shot. All righty. Well, hey, I thank you for your perspective. You got it. Thank you. Right. Appreciate Bye-bye. it. Yeah, it, it, we, we looked into that because it was uh, that was one of the claims that Democrats were making about Trump, that he was going to stall the election and that sort of thing. Now, I will say this. I am unclear, okay, just because I'm going off at the top of my head here. I am unclear if the same 
the same restrictions on like congressional elections uh, if they would be the same for like the executive election. I don't know that they would be. I would assume they would, but I'm not 100% sure, so I don't want to tell you one way or the other. But we did look at that when they were making the allegation against Trump. Trump was going to call martial law. He wasn't going to allow anybody to go vote, that sort of thing. And uh, we looked everywhere. at. There's no legal possibility for it to happen, none. He would have been 100% breaking the law. He would have been violating the Constitution to do it. Um, and I, I even said it on the show. I said, if he does it, you will watch me, along with the rest of you, take to the streets against him. So, but, you know, of course, we never, ever believed that that was actually going to happen. It made no sense. So, is it, would it be legal? No, it wouldn't be legal. But could they try to attempt it? Sure, they try to attempt a lot of illegal stuff, and they get away with it sometimes. So, yeah, sure. Uh, what else do we have here? Jeff, welcome to the program. Hi, Casey. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. Hey, I want to talk about Madison Cawthorn. Madison and, Cawthorn, uh, yes. Did a little bit of digging, and he's he's been a bad boy lately. Okay. Um, he uh, he uh, had two speeding tickets, and he got caught for driving while suspended, and um, he uh, so I don't know if he's going off. The- Hello. Oh, uh, you know I don't think you can answer while he's on. All right, hold on, Jeff. We might have lost you. Hold on a second. Jeff, you good? Yeah. Okay, we lost you there for a second. There's a there's a little weird nuance in our stopgap phone system, so sorry. He, he was answering another call, and it disconnected you. Okay, so uh, speeding ticket and that sort of stuff? Uh, yeah, and he got caught driving while suspended. And, okay. Uh, he, uh, so I don't know if he's gone off the rails Henry Davis Jr. style or if uh, – or if they're out to get him, I, I really don't know. Uh, let's see, Madison Cawthorn speeding ticket. I'm going to give the guy the benefit of the doubt because he doesn't have any legs. Um, <laughs> following two big speeding tickets. Okay, yeah, so he did. He got the two big speeding tickets. He was driving with a revoked license on the uh, the speeding ticket. So you're right. You're right about that. So interesting. Now, I don't think that. You know, driving on a revoked license or the speeding tickets, I don't think that that discounts what he says. And and when I was explaining this yesterday, and again, I don't have any, I don't have any evidence, but when I was explaining this yesterday and, and the day when it, the story broke, I've heard these stories about Washington D.C. for so long from people that I know who lived in D.C., worked in D.C., were staffers and comms directors in D.C. So when he says them. I tend to believe them because I've heard them from so many other people. And, you know, maybe he's making it up. I suppose theoretically that's a possibility. But I think that if I were a member of Congress and somebody were saying that they were watching people snort cocaine in front of them and they were being invited to sex parties and stuff, I would my reaction would probably be, all right, is that true? And then let's find out who that is, because we're probably going to have to reprimand those people and get them out of the party. Because that's obviously very problematic behavior when you're an elected representative. It puts you at tremendous risk of being compromised by foreign agents and that sort of thing. But that wasn't the reaction of, like, Senator Tom Tillis and some others. I mean, they were just immediately, viscerally angry. Right. And he, he made a lot of comments about the January 6th uh, stuff that uh, I think the Republicans really want to get away from. So they... I mean, I can see the Republican Party trying to get him yeah. out of there. He's not a swamp creature. I'll say this about Madison Cawthorn. I went over his conservative ratings yesterday. I don't know if you if you heard that. Yeah, yeah. But his ratings are really, really good with conservative activist groups. And 
that's probably making the Republicans very nervous because he's going to be a, a rabble rouser and they don't want another AOC in the Republican Party. So I think that they might see him as one of those guys. So that could be. I mean, it's always possible he's making it up. I mean, it's theoretically, it's possible that he's making it up. But the things that he said were things that I've heard for a very, very long time. All right. Well, thank All right. you. All right, man. I appreciate the call. Thank you much. And uh, yeah, I, look, if I if my legs didn't work, I would probably be driving as well. Right? Wouldn't you, Josh? Your legs didn't work. You'd be driving like a, like a bat out of hell, too. I mean, why not? That's also how he got the injured legs. So this is this is a pattern of behavior with him. He had a major car accident. That's what caused him to uh, to lose the ability to use his legs. So it could just be in his character to drive that way. May, may not have anything to do with, with anything else. So it's not the wisest decision in the world, but, you know, it's a good observation. I didn't know that. Thank you for the call. All right, we got more coming up. MNC News Time is 431. More open line phone calls next. And again, uh, check out Impress Jewelry Creations online at ImpressJewelers.com. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. I want to thank you for tuning in, hanging out with us, and uh, even watching the live streams on Rumble or on TheBurningTruth.us. Again, some big changes to the website happening soon. So make sure you sign up for that newsletter, TheBurningTruth.us. Newsletter is totally free. You're going to want to be a part of that. Okay? I've sent out several newsletters over the past couple of weeks. I know that uh, you guys all want me to send out more, but, you know, I get busy. <laughs> and I, I hate sending out newsletters every day. It's, it seems like I'm harassing you, and I don't want to harass you. All right, it is Open Lines. The Glass Doctor of Elkhart and St. Joseph County phone lines are 574-2595-953. That is 2595-953. Give us a call. And we'll take those phone calls in the order that we get them for the rest of the show. Todd, welcome to the program. Good afternoon. Hey, Casey. It's been a few months since I called in. Yeah, what's up? I want to talk about Liz Cheney. Okay. She's, I, I find it hard to understand her because she. how does she not look at the January 6th committee and know that it's a stacked deck? Um, obviously, we know she's a never-Trumper, mm -hmm. but still... How does she not look at what's going on and, and feel that it's an unfair committee? Oh, she knows it's an unfair committee. That's why she wanted to be a part of it. But she doesn't. She never raises any. There's nothing I see that says that uh, she's a Republican based on that committee. No, I actually went over uh, on my early show last okay, last week. I went over her conservative ratings and the conservative ratings for, for um, uh, who's the other Republican? little dweeb. Ah, I forget his name, but you know some of these other Republicans um, who are never Trumpers, and it's it's weird. Almost everybody, almost everybody, who is a never Trump Republican is actively fighting against Donald Trump even to this day. Have really terrible ratings with conservative organizations. Every single one of them. But that, but that means that they're fighting all the other elements. Ron, they don't, they can't like Ron DeSantis, and they can't like Jim Jordan, and they can't mm -hmm. like some of our other conservative. Leaders. Well, when when you know 
Jim Jordan was supposed to be on that committee. Did Liz Cheney stand up and fight for him? That's my point. Right. She didn't. And then uh, uh, our, no. our guy from uh, from Indiana was supposed to be on it, too. Uh, Representative Banks. He was supposed to be on that committee. Right. 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 She, Liz Cheney is everything that Democrats thought Dick Cheney was. Does that make sense? She is, she is, um, she's a swamp dweller. She will do what she can do to solidify her power base. She doesn't want anybody rocking the old guard's boat. That's, she is purely there as a foot soldier of the old guard to protect the political class. That's it. And they don't want anybody coming in and screwing that up. They don't want anybody coming in who is like tea party minded or, uh, may not be just loyal to the Republican Party for the sake of being loyal to the Republican Party. They they only want party acolytes who will change their opinions with ebb and flow when the party asks them to do it. That's all they want. They want people that can be controlled. Well, you either are the party of Adam Schiff, you know, you either have had that mindset mm-hmm. or you have a conservative mindset, and we know which way she goes. Right. Yeah, she's okay. she's got a she's got a tough a tough uh, primary. You know, it's yeah, interesting. We'll see how that goes. Thank you. All right, take care, man. Appreciate it. Here's this is the thing. I, you know, when you have these, you have these uh, Republican candidates, right? The party, okay, and and by the party, I don't just mean the RNC. I mean the establishment Republican oligarchs. They have primaried as many of the pro-Trump Republicans as they possibly can. Let me give you a perfect example here. One of them has now had to pull out of his race. Yeah, here it is. Pull this story up here. A never-Trump Republican in New York can be seen allegedly illegally forging petition signatures in a parking lot in his effort to challenge New York Republican Representative Elise Stefanik. Now, Stefanik is a huge ally of Trump. And she's a rising star in the Republican Party. But the Republican establishment doesn't like her. They don't like her at all. Some conservatives don't like her because she refuses to um, alienate her constituents on behalf, on behalf of conservatives. And I've tried to explain that before. She's still a representative of her district in New York. And she's got to represent her, her people. So she opposed, she opposed uh, some of the, the salt tax stuff and, and things like that. But that's because it would have hurt the people in her district. It's not because she philosophically disagrees with conservative principles, but she was a huge Trump ally and and by all counts, a rising star in the Republican Party. But she's at war with a lot of the establishment Republicans and the Republican oligarchs do not like her at all. So they tried to primary her and they got this never Trump Republican to primary her because and purely, purely because she supports Trump. Her record has been great. For not just conservatives, but the Republican Party. She's been a fantastic ally of theirs. But they wanted to primary her because she's a pro-Trump candidate. And so the never-Trump primary opponent gets caught basically committing fraud and has been forced to uh, pull out of the race. And we've seen stuff like this all over the place. you know. So we saw this before with the Tea Party. You remember the Tea Party wave that came through? When Republicans took back Congress, and man, Republicans love talking about it. Remember when we took back Congress a decade ago and that big red wave that happened? That red wave was because of the Tea Party. 
That red wave was not because of the Republican Party, the RNC, or anything like that. That was purely a Tea Party red wave. That's all that was. And when they got to Washington, D.C., they were ostracized by the Republican Party. Many of them didn't win because the Republican Party ran moderate establishment candidates against them and poured money, just tons of money and resources into those races to destroy Tea Party candidates, and some of which extremely unfairly. Who was that one who had that I'm not a witch campaign ad? I mean, really, the reason that the Republican Party opposed her was that she was she was a Tea Party activist, and their their biggest defeat on her was that she had a tax bill at one point in time. She had to pay taxes. And she didn't pay it right away because she didn't have the ability to just sign a check and hand it over to the IRS. She had to do the monthly installments, which got spun into she didn't pay her taxes. She was making the monthly installments, whatever. She got tax debt. So what? So do a lot of Americans. I did for several years. So you know, people people get, you know, you get hit with a $3,000 tax bill. Most Americans can't pay 3000 bucks. They got to take a year or two to pay it off. Just how it is. Sometimes longer. But they demonized her for it. Representative Amash in Michigan, okay? Amash, libertarian libertarian politician, right? Uh, and I, here's the thing. Before Trump, I was a huge fan of Representative Amash. Huge fan. The problem is that Representative Amash threw all of his ideals and all of his principles out with the bathwater because his family business operates in China and they're involved in steel in China and Trump's tariffs were hurting his family business. And so he just decided to get Trump derangement syndrome and went full nuclear attack on Donald Trump. But Representative Amash was, at one point in time, one of the most conservative-slash-libertarian candidates in the House of Representatives. And he was brilliant. And he would constantly come under attack by the establishment because he always stuck to his principles, right? So he would stick to his principles. He would fight the establishment Republicans when they were overspending on some of their budgetary issues and things like that. He was the epitome of what the Freedom Caucus was supposed to be. And they ran a, a really grotesque primary campaign against him where they attacked his wife, personal insults and smears. This is all money that was coming from the Republican oligarchs against a sitting U.S. congressman who was a Republican. And you remember his victory speech where he basically told all of them to basically, you know, you can go bleep yourselves after the way you treated my family. And then what happened? The Republican oligarchs launched a public relations campaign, smearing him for being petty and small and angry and all of this other stuff. They attacked his family. What do you expect? You know, I got news for you. When you attack a man's family, men behave like men most of the time. Okay, that's. I know that it's been on display in kind of a grotesque way with uh, with Will Smith and Chris Rock, but that's that's how things work. And he was angry. His wife had been attacked, and he was angry. But they continued to attack him. And then eventually the Trump thing happened, and I, I had to part ways with Amash, you know, based on that. But it was clear to see that he was doing it about money. But, you know, this is this is how they operate. I've told people before about the time that, that uh, I had dinner with some Republicans in Elkhart. Um, and again, party leadership in Elkhart is completely different now. So please don't, don't infer this to be anything having to do with current leadership in the Elkhart Republican Party. This is a long time. It was like when I first got to town. And, yeah, they won some, you know, a dinner with me, and we got to go have dinner, and we were sitting there at dinner at Antonio's, and you know, a nice little wine dinner, talking with them, and they were asking me my history, and I'd mentioned that I'd won the uh, the uh, Salvatore Prize for for uh, freedom for uh, uh, Heritage Foundation, excuse me, for the Tea Party movement. I mentioned that, and next, here's what I got: I got a bunch of eye rolls and head turns. Oh, Tea Partiers! 
I'm like, you're Republicans. You're, you're party insiders. What do you talk? What's your issue with the, with the Tea Party? They hate the Tea Party. They hate them. Republican establishment hates Tea Party activists. They hate conservatives. They don't like Trump supporters. They don't like any of them. Why? They can't be controlled and they have principles. It's the same reason. That is the same reason that Democrats don't like AOC. AOC's principles are warped as all get up. But she has principles and she tends most of the time to stick with them. Although she did get called out here recently for not sticking with them when it counts, which is fair. Because she does cave a lot. But generally speaking, she's somebody that can't really be controlled as far as getting in front of a microphone and a camera and just blasting party leadership. That's why the Democrats don't like her. Republicans don't like rabble rousers the same way. That's why they're going after Madison Cawthorn, in my opinion. That's why they go after a lot of people. And it's not Liz Cheney is thrilled to work with Democrats to kill Trump figuratively. She is thrilled to do it. She sees it as her duty to the political oligarchs of this country, of which her family has been a serious power broker in for decades. That is, for her, that is the duty of her service to her nation, which is not the United States. Her nation is the political class. So she is happy to partner with Democrats who lie, cheat, steal, and everything else because she lies, cheats, and steals. And we have caught her doing it many times. So she's happy to do it. And she's not alone. She's absolutely not alone. That's why I always tell you, when I say it's the political class versus all of us, I mean it. There are a few standouts. Don't get me wrong. There are a few standouts. But, you know, look, okay, I'll throw this out there, even though I think sometimes people are being a little unfair to Dan Crenshaw. But I have my issues with him. But look how he has changed in his short time in Washington, D.C. And there is no doubt that Dan Crenshaw has changed since he got to D.C. Why do you think that is? You know why. Everybody knows why. Got more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. Having some uh, fun conversations with the live stream. Go to rumble.com slash Casey the host. We're still doing, still doing open lines. So if uh, you would like to go ahead and give us a call, 574-2595-953. That is 259 and if you want to shoot me a message or something like that during a commercial break on the live stream, I'm happy to go ahead and address those questions as well. Uh, so this has been posted all day, although a lot of people think that this might be an April Fool's joke. Uh, it is, if it is, I mean, it's been picked up by everybody. So Jen Psaki is, in fact, going to be leaving 
Okay, so she is she is leaving the uh, the White House, and I am shocked. You've heard me say this how many times now? I am shocked. I am absolutely shocked that she is still there. Honestly, I truly mean that. Um, and before we get out of the show, I, I should have had it ready to go for you right now, but I don't. Um, we will play her smash hit single, Circle Back. So before we leave today, we'll do that. But uh, the scoop is that she is leaving the White House, and she is going to be joining MSNBC. And this, this you know, it was really funny. Like, I was talking about this earlier. had a coworker look at me and go, why does this always happen? And I was like, this is exactly how it is designed. This is why you can't trust your media. So you go work for a political party. When that political party is in power, you then work for that political party within government to strengthen that political party and harm your your political rivals. And then when your job is done there, you go to work in the media to work for the political party as a representative of the media. And then you continue to push the propaganda. That's what it is. That's why so many people right now on your cable and network news are former party operatives. You start, you take a, you go take a look. Here's the, there's a few Republicans, but there's not a lot. There's a lot of Democrats, tons of them, in positions of esteem and authority and, and you know people who are in positions of trust. And their entire worldview is for that political party and protecting that political party. So Jen Psaki plans to leave the White House this spring for MSNBC gig. Now, apparently, according to the reports here, uh, she is going to be going to their online streaming, uh, probably for training. So she'll be there. Um, she's So it's going to be a Peacock thing, but it will be for MSNBC. But I don't think she's going to actually be on the network news uh, doing her own show. Because she's doing her own show. She's not just going to be a pundit. She's going to be her own host. So I'm, they're assuming they're going to put her on the streaming platform and they're going to go ahead and and get her used to being behind camera and doing that show, get the formatics up, that sort of thing. They move her into primetime or what have you. Um, but, you know, I, I said, I, I am seriously shocked that it took her this long. You know, I, I didn't expect her to necessarily have a show. I, I expect her to be a, a contributor. But uh, the fact that she's lasted this long says a lot. Most of the time, your first press secretary, I mean, they won't last that first year. So she's she's actually long in the tooth for a press secretary. And considering the fires that she has had to put out, should have been gone a long time ago. I'm probably the only person in the world who has had sympathy for this woman. Because I know that she doesn't want to say some of the stuff that she says. I know that. But she will because she's a party loyalist. And she will continue to lie, cheat, and steal for her party against the other party. That's just who she is. And that's why I expect her to be on MSNBC, which is why she's going to MSNBC, a network that still continues to lie to you about things that were debunked a long time ago because their audience is so gullible, their audience will believe it. So why not? Why not make the move? Less stress, more money, more power to help your party anyway. That's exactly why we've been seeing the White House communications director so much more over the past couple of weeks. So again, Jen Psaki will be leaving the White House for MSNBC. No big surprise. Got more coming up. Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel.
Here's how you know your audience gets you. One of my uh, listeners on on Rumble, rumble.com slash Casey, the host, watch the live stream. Casey, what are the odds that part of the deal with Jen Psaki and MSNBC is that she gets an apartment in the MSNBC building so she does not have to go outside? Because she's a daywalker. Ha-ha! Love it. All right. Got a couple of things here that are super gay. Since the left says you have to say gay now, otherwise you are a bigot. Uh, There's a California bill to require parents to tell schools about gun ownership. Under the legislation, parents would have been required to tell schools whether, whether there were guns present in the home and to disclose details about the storage and accessibility by the kid at the school. Uh, that, uh, that totally failed, by the way. But you see what they're trying to do here? See that? If they can't ban your guns, what they'll do is they'll create laws that you won't abide by in order to make you a criminal so they can take the guns. That's the whole goal. Uh, Klaus Schwab? He's out there calling for the global world governance. <clears throat> Didn't even have to get through the pandemic, and you've got people yelling for, for uh, world government now. World Economic Forum founder and executive chairman Klaus Schwab announced that the time has come for world governments to unite as one and tackle global problems such as climate change, trade, and economic disruption. There you go. Another one world government fiasco. One world government stuff was like really, really popular a few years ago. <clears throat> well, not a few years ago, but you know, like over a decade ago. And then it kind of died out. Now it's back. The House did pass a bill that decriminalizes marijuana at the federal level. It now goes to the Senate. It's not expected to pass the Senate, but it did get some Republican support. So, there was some Republican support in that, that bill. Passed 220 to 204. Three Republicans voted uh, in favor of decriminalizing marijuana. Uh, Tom McClintock, Republican of California. Brian Mast, Republican of Michigan. And Matt Gates, Republican of Florida. They all joined Democrats uh, to decriminalize marijuana at the federal level. Okay, So it'll go to the Senate. We'll see what happens there. A school nurse in Hartford, Connecticut, has been suspended over a, quote, transphobic Facebook post in which she questioned why 11-year-olds are given puberty blockers. She's 77 years old. <clears throat> uh, she worked for a magnet school, and she was in a mom's group on Facebook. And she said that there are there's an 11-year-old girl at the school on puberty blockers and 12 other students identifying as non-binary. Uh, she talked about you know, various aspects of that and how the school keeps all of that from the parents, by the way. So... She posted all of that stuff. They found her, and she has now been suspended for, for that post. Uh, what else do we have here? The National Institutes for Health, that is Dr. Fauci's parent organization, deleted info from Wuhan Lab on the Chinese Communist Party virus and genetic sequencing, according to a watchdog's FOIA request. The NIH documents obtained by a nonprofit watchdog in a federal court suit revealed that the agency deleted virus genetic sequencing information from the Wuhan Institute of Virology at the Chinese lab's request. Now, we have heard this story before. They just have the official documents from the FOIA request about it. So there you go. Those are all of your, uh, your super gay stories for the day.
Anyway, 574-25-95-95-3. That is 2595-953. We have Joe. Welcome to the program. Hey, I appreciate it, Casey. You know, I just moved down here from Grand Rapids, and I want to move back because I love Grand Rapids. Mm-hmm. But the best part being down here is your show. You should be national. I appreciate and, that. Um, thank you. But you know what? I got a cousin out of Lansing, and I texted her yesterday about Hillary Clinton, and she was fine in the DNC. And I got back the nastiest response. And the woman's smart. She's a lawyer. Okay. And I just don't understand how these people can agree to be duped like they are and and totally they got to know that they're being played for, yet they go along with it. And that just astounds me. Well, there's a, there's a couple of things. You probably heard me address it a little bit earlier. So you've got That's why I called. Yeah. I got you. Okay. So you've got confirmation bias, right? And so for those of you out there who are not familiar, confirmation bias is your initial impression of something, that's what your opinion is of it without any information. You're just predisposed to have an opinion about that, and you seek out information to confirm your biases about it, even if your opinion is incorrect or based on on uh, non-accurate information. Okay, So, yeah, people have confirmation bias. Usually people have confirmation bias are tribalists, which means they're just dev- they're loyal to their tribe. Their tribe can do no wrong. So right now the whole world is kind of like tribe Ukraine, and they're ignoring all of the things that Ukraine has done because Russia, right? And while Ru- what Russia's doing is not good and it's not right, it doesn't mean that some of the things that they've said about Ukraine are, are false because a lot of stuff that Russia has said is accurate. But the world will not allow themselves to hear that because they're just they're in tribe Ukraine right now. And in politics in the United States, it's Republicans and Democrats. Our tribe is good. The other tribe is evil. I've talked about how that kind of shifted in the 90s and the strategies to get people to, to feel that way. Um, and then, you know, then you've got, I think, this pride and this hubris, like I talked about earlier, Joe, where I don't think she, because in her mind, she's a highly intelligent, highly educated woman. And the last thing that she wants to believe is that she was easily misled and she fell for something so simply and easily debunked. She doesn't want to believe it. And so she refuses to. And that's why she lashes out with these nasty messages back to you. That explains a lot. I appreciate it. You're ap- I think you're spot on. It's honestly, really it, do. it's basic psychology. And I know that people think that it's, it might seem like tinfoily, but this is basic psychology. You know, um, you can have very, I talk about King syndrome a lot on the show as well. Like you have very intelligent people, but if they work for a boss who belittles them, their intelligence actually goes down until they get after that, out of that environment. They, they become subservient to their boss because their boss has power over them. And you, you you can watch very intelligent people lose their intellect and lose their ability to think clearly just with the circumstances around them. So it happens all the time. It's well documented. And I, you know, and honestly, take a step back, Joe. What's the harm in admitting that Hillary Clinton was lying about who funded the dossier? Like, exactly. what's what's wrong with admitting that? <laughs> okay, Hillary Clinton lied about that. But I still think that Trump was that's fine. If you still think Trump was awful and you think it was okay for her to lie or whatever, you know, during that whole campaign, I I said, even if you think that even if you think that Hillary Clinton um, would be a good president, nothing changes the fact that she broke the law with her emails and her records and everything else. And that would disqualify anybody from having security clearance. And therefore, she couldn't be commander in chief. 
uh, as like you might still think that she's the best candidate, but the fact of the fact is she broke the law and is disqualified for that post. And there are people out there who their position was, I don't care if she broke the law. I like her better than Trump, and I'm I'm happy to have a criminal be the president. And it sounds like uh, this this relative of your relative, right, in uh, Lansing. It sounds yeah. like they're they're probably in that camp too. They're okay with a criminal being president uh, as long as it's not Donald Trump. Well said. I appreciate Casey. Great show. Thank, thank you so much. Thank you very much. I appreciate it, and welcome to the area. Bye. All right. It's um it's unfortunate. I mean, it really is. Because a lot of the things that we fight over, <clears throat> and I know that I've, I've mentioned this a lot lately because we've had a lot of people reach out, uh, and a lot of people joined us after the Rio story who typically don't listen to the show and don't always agree with my opinion on things. But, you know, when, when I have a tagline on this show that I've had for over 16 years that facts are facts, the truth is never biased, that's the truth, okay? For example, we, we can go over this again. Let's just use the Hillary story here. Okay. The fact of the matter is Hillary Clinton and the DNC lied to all of you and to the news media about who funded the Steele dossier. That is a demonstrable fact. And if I find it interesting that lawyers do sometimes struggle with this because if you walked into a court of law, the evidence that we have proving that would be submitted. That is an ironclad case, and there's no way, there's no way that the judge and the jury doesn't see it that way, right? So it's interesting that a lawyer wouldn't see it that way. But that is a fact. Now, somebody's opinion might be, I don't care that they lied about it. It was worth it in the end because Trump is evil, and I'm okay with them smearing Trump in order to win, okay? That would be their opinion. But the fact still remains, with the Hunter Biden situation, here's the fact. The laptop was his laptop. The laptop contained bank information, which proved beyond a shadow of a doubt that he got money from the Chinese and other questionable international figures. Okay, That's a fact, right? Somebody's opinion on that might be, yeah, but that's not Joe Biden, and therefore it's not relevant. And we don't have... A ton of evidence yet. We have some, but I'm talking about physical evidence, right? That directly ties Joe Biden to all of that. Okay. We've got a witness, but he's got a criminal history. He's recently been convicted. Is he a reliable witness? Who knows, right? So that, that would come under cross-examination. But as far as the hard concrete facts, Hunter Biden did all sorts of unsavory things, made lots of money. And fact, the White House has lied about Hunter Biden not making money in those deals the opinion would be whether or not it's relevant to Joe Biden's presidency. But there's basic fact there. Fact, Trump did not collude with Russia. Also fact, not illegal if he did. They lied to you about that. Somebody's opinion might be they don't care if they lied to you about it because they don't like Donald Trump and he should be thrown out of office. But the facts are the facts. You know, how you choose to formulate your opinion around those facts is just opinion. I give you my opinion. I present it as opinion. I give you the facts when I present them as facts. It's up to you guys to come up with your own opinion based on all of that stuff. Uh, fact, cloth masks don't work. Sorry, they don't. Not an, not an airborne virus. They just don't. That's a fact. Your opinion might be, even if I stand one in a million chance of it helping me, I'll still wear it. 
That might be your opinion. Okay, fine. That's not a fact, but it's your opinion. Okay. Wear what you want. Fine. And we have converted our society into being opinion first. Not just opinion, but visceral, emotional, instant reaction first. Tempered reaction second. Fact, much later. Everything that we do is completely backwards from how it's supposed to be done. That's the problem. I mean, we could play this game all day. Fact, uh, the police do not disproportionately shoot unarmed black men. It's been debunked a million times. Okay, I can give you several studies to show it. But that's not the narrative. You could still say, your opinion could still be, even if that's not a fact, doesn't matter, I still think it's a problem. Okay. Let's just not pretend that the facts are different than they really are. Because when you do that, we can't ever have an honest discussion about something. And that's why we get mired down in this nonsense. And when you go back to the 90s, and you've got, with 90s and early 2000s, and you've got um, you know Newt Gingrich putting in this fundraising mechanism, which is designed to get you know, small dollar donations year-round as opposed to just having a, pl- a political election season. And the only way you get people to partner to part ways with their money is to make them angry or afraid. That's, that's it. When you're in a good mood and everything's going great, you don't give money to politicians, folks. You just don't. Um, the studies are out there. You ask any political operat- operative, they'll tell you the same thing. But you make people angry and you make them afraid, they'll give you 20 bucks. You call them in a month, they'll give you another 20. And you're fundraising throughout the entire year. So the way to fundraise became to became radicalizing your donors in your district. And then Harry Reid's contribution to that, so you got Gingrich on the Republican side, Harry Reid's contribution to that was the war room. Everything that the Republicans stand for, we now oppose, even if it's a position that we have always fought for in the, the entirety of the party's history. Because we don't want to give them that win. For example, Democrats, a few months before Donald Trump took office, were in favor of a border wall. And then suddenly, when Trump wanted a border wall, they were opposed to a border wall. Not because they're actually opposed to a border wall, but because Trump would have gotten the win for the border wall, and they didn't want him to have it. Look at the insulin thing. Donald Trump lowered the price of insulin. Joe Biden raised the price of insulin. Just so he could lower the price of insulin. By the way, Joe Biden's new insulin lowering price lowering thing doesn't lower the price of insulin as much as Donald Trump's did. So he actually still raised the price of insulin. But he had to get rid of that because that has been an issue that Democrats have been advocating for is reducing drug costs. And they they couldn't give Trump that victory, so they had to take it away, wait several months, make everybody who needed insulin pay more, and then come back and claim the issue as their own, which is what they're doing now. It's all designed about denying the other side any victory, even if it's something you agree with. Got more coming up. Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. Now, my opinion is I sounded drunk when I said the word problem there, but the fact is I'm not. (laughs) So... Uh, <laughs> not yet. I got moonshine waiting for me at home. <clears throat> All right. Uh, what else do we have? I felt like I was going to do something. Did I tell you I was going to do something specific or no? 
No, I didn't. Okay. Well, can I read a letter? Or not a letter, but a, an article. I, I want to read an article to you guys. This is a really good one. It's from Neil Patel. And he is a co-founder. He's a publisher of The Daily Caller. Okay. Conservatives need to take better advantage of the gifts from the far left. I'm going to read this thing in its entirety. I've been doing this a lot to you lately, and, and I'm sorry. But honestly, when there's an article that just hits like this, you have to. According to Pew, the so-called progressive left makes up only 6% of the American population and 12% of the Democratic Party. This is a small group that is overwhelmingly white, nearly 70%, young, and highly educated. They're also extremely engaged politically, voting and donating to candidates at a higher rate than most any other political grouping. And they are overrepresented in many key positions of influence, including academia, media, Hollywood, and increasingly corporate America. The far left's agenda does not poll well on issues such as defund the police and open the borders. Most Americans are not buying what the left is selling. 75% of the far left thinks other countries are better than America. 75%. Fewer than a quarter of all Americans share that view. 60% of the far left wants leaders to identif who identify as socialist. Again, less than a quarter of the general population share that view. 62% of the far left feels that success in life is predetermined. Yet another view shared by less than a quarter of all Americans. Similarly, the vast majority of the so-called progressive left sees America as fundamentally racist, a distinctly minority view among the general American population. Another area of emphasis for the progressives is the LGBTQ agenda. American views on homosexuality have been trending in the direction of tolerance and acceptance for many years. Only 20 years ago, Americans were nearly evenly split to the question of whether homosexuality should be accepted or discouraged by society. Today, the split is 72% in favor of acceptance with only 21% still favoring discouragement. Today's flashpoint, which has come to a head with Florida's new parental rights bill, is over teachers' roles in discussing gender identity with very young children. There has been lots of misinformation, so it's important at the outset to understand exactly what Florida did. Their law says classroom instruction by school personnel or third parties on sexual orientation or gender identity may not occur in kindergarten through third grade or in a manner that is not age appropriate or developmentally appropriate for students in accordance with the state standards. This does not seem crazy on its face. Polling firm Public Opinion Strategies presented the Florida bill language directly to voters and found that it was supported by a more than two-to-one margin by all Americans. When broken down by political grouping, the language was supported overwhelmingly even by Democrats and Biden voters. None of this is surprising. We are talking about really young kids below third grade. Putting gender issues aside, most parents would prefer to keep teachers out of teaching about sex altogether for students in this age group. This is supposed to be up to the family. This is where the American left's dominance in academia, media, and Hollywood comes into play. Florida's relatively innocuous language supported by the vast majority of Americans has been presented as a don't say gay restriction. There is no broad market on the left or the right for being mean to gay people. Don't say gay sounds really mean. Never mind that the bill in Florida doesn't even mention the word gay or that the bill is pinned directly to age appropriateness. 
That's about half of the article. But it is dead on solid. And as I've told you before many, many times, most of you get along with your coworkers, you get along with your neighbors, you get along with your relatives just fine if you have different political opinions because you're not in the crazy extremes of each side. That's just how it is. But they present this as if that is what is happening all over the place. And it's not. We have far more in common than they want you to believe. More coming up. Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. Also, uh, MNC News Time is 5.33. Check out Impress Jewelry Creations. You can find them online at impressjewelers.com. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. So a lot of people are very upset at Disney with understandable reasons. And of course, there's the other question. Where do you, where do you go, right? If, if you don't want to give your money to Disney, like where do you go? Remember when there was Nickelodeon? Nickelodeon went woke a long time ago. Nickelodeon went woke before Disney did. Not all of their programming, but a lot of it, right? So where do you go? Can you think of anybody else? Nickelodeon and Disney? I mean, it's Pixar's Disney now, right? And Pixar's admitted that they've been pu- pushing, um, and again, it's up to you if you care about it, but I'm just saying, you know, Pixar says that they've been pushing a gay agenda in their movies for a long time, and a lot of people express shock at that, and I'm like, have you ever seen a Pixar movie? Like, <laughs> they clearly do. And most of the time, it's very, very subtle, and it's not really noticeable, and it's not designed to be. Um, but... You know, if that bothers you, and it doesn't bother some, but if it does bother you, and it's something that you want to not have to deal with, then where do you go as a family? That's a great question. Well, yesterday morning, actress Gina Carano, a former mixed martial artist who uh, was on The Mandalorian and famously got fired from Disney for Disney lying about what she said, and she immediately joined The Daily Wire, and she started making movies with The Daily Wire, okay? She went online and she saluted the Daily Wire because the Daily Wire has now announced that they are going to pour $100 million into kids' entertainment. So the Daily Wire is not only making movies with A-list actors and actresses with really good plots of all different varieties, but now they're going to be pouring money into kids' programming. There you go. You know... um, that, that Jeremy Boring, he's the CEO. He's the one that just started his own razor company. Jeremy Boring, he gave an interview and he says, look, it's time that we just, you know, stop doing stuff, getting canceled, complain about it, and then do crowdfunding campaigns. He's like, we got to just, we got to build something. We can complain about social media. We can complain about Hollywood. We can complain about music. We can complain about video games. We can complain about all of this stuff all we want. But if we don't actually build something that competes with it, then we're not doing anything. What good is there? You might very well despise Disney, okay? But if you're a parent of young kids, it's going to be very difficult for you to stay away from Disney. It's going to be a a difficult thing for you to do. 
they're going to see the movie. They're going to want to watch a movie, that sort of thing. And you're going to have to tell them no. And then, you know, you're always going to be the parent who's the jerk there. And it's up to you to explain that to your kids on what's going on, which they're not going to understand. But where do you turn your kids to? Well, good, good news. Daily Wire is going to be investing a large sum of money in, in this type of programming. So parents are going to have a place to send their kids where they're going to be able to get children's programming that isn't going to be preying upon them, isn't going to be grooming them for something, and isn't going to be trying to drive a wedge between them and their parents so that way they can be separated from their families ideologically and emotionally and be controlled and manipulated by the system. That's exactly what we needed to do. Uh, Jeremy Boring said that Americans are tired of giving their money to woke corporations who hate them. They're tired of giving their money to woke media companies who want to indoctrinate their children with radical race and gender theory. But they want to do more than just cancel them. They want alternatives. You know, it's it, and here's the thing. It's really easy to walk away from something for a short period of time. And then you run out of things to do and you're like, all right, well, I guess I'll go back to this thing and start watching stuff again because they have this thing that I'm interested in. But if you don't have any alternatives, I mean, it's it's going to be hard. And right now, this is why I keep telling you, you got to fight the culture war. Okay, You have to. It is imperative that you fight the culture war. Conservatives abandoned the culture war years ago, and that's why they have completely lost it. But they're starting to fight back. Gen Z is fighting back in the culture war. And you are seeing huge strides in success. Huge strides. There's a massive market here. And the Daily Wire is doing it. People like Dan Bongino are putting their money where, where their mouth is as well on various ventures. That's what we need. We need a lot of that. I will have, on a much smaller scale, I will have a new social network coming out here very, very soon for my audience. And it's just going to be for my audience, but, I mean, who knows what it turns into, right? So there, you got to build that parallel economy or else it doesn't do any good to complain. Got more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. Oh, man. Yeah, people are asking me about, you know... Um, like uh, people are going on vacation and, you know, they're putting it on credit cards. And, and I was just mentioning to the live stream that one of the great things about the Trump administration was that debt to income ratio decreased, which means you had more income, less debt. Um, the debt of the American people dropped dramatically. Your personal debt, your credit scores were the highest they ever were under the Trump administration. All of that is about to change. People will be putting these vacations and major purchases and things like that on their credit cards. They will be defaulting on those credit cards. Their income is going to go down. Their their uh, debt is going to go up. The you know the write off uh, rates and things of that nature, the, the chargebacks and all that stuff. That's all going to go up. It's it's going to be a mess. And we haven't even gotten to the rental crisis yet. We're not even there yet. It's going to be very very ugly for the next several years, folks. You're just you're going to have to kind of hunker down and prepare. I want to thank you for tuning in. We're going to play a song for the live stream, so not kid or work friendly. We do that at the end of the week. Bill O'Reilly's up next. Have a great weekend. We'll see you Monday.